to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast. And we're on Blog Talk Radio. We're also going to Spreaker, and that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker. So we'll also be moving over there. And uh, so you can catch our broadcast on Spreaker. And, of course, we have our website, propheticnews.com. There's many hundreds of articles in the archives, especially, that have been collected over the years that really helped me to come out of the Word of Faith movement and uh, to get my back on solid ground, amen. And uh, I also found, now I don't get into big arguments with people over Bible versions, but I think that it's created a lot of confusion in the body of Christ to have so many different Bible versions, and you can just, you can make the Bible say just about anything with all these different modern translations that they have. Personally, for me, I like words. I like to look up words in the dictionary. I, I like the Webster's Dictionary, especially the one that was written, I think, in 1860. There's an old one that I have that must be 20 or 30 inches thick. It's <laughs> It's a huge... Dictionary and actually Webster used scripture for to uh, explain some of the meanings of words, which I think was quite quite interesting for the time. But you can look up those words. They even have the dictionaries online now. They even have the old Webster's dictionary. I think when I was a little girl, the A and P supermarket. When you went to shop every week, you would get a section of the dictionary. And then you could buy the cover and the back cover and put it together. So it's huge. But I always enjoyed using that dictionary. And I found one night, I decided when I was coming out of Word of Faith, because we used like Amplified, we used different different translations and for the teachings. But I said, I'm going to stick with one version. And I found for me that was the best thing to do was to just stay with one version of the Bible and read it and look up the meanings of the words. If there's a word you don't understand, I like the King James as far as the language. I like the King's English. And if you go to England, you'll notice, and many of my listeners come from the United Kingdom, there is different English there's the King's English, and then there's other Englishes that don't sound as good. You can kind of tell 
too, uh, when you're in England, the different accents where people came from and where people were educated, you can really tell tell the difference. And so, uh, anyway, I think it. I think also when you're in church, you can't follow along. People don't even really bring their Bibles anymore. You see these preachers, and they're using their iPads or they're using their phones, which I think it's better really to bring your Bible and use a paper Bible when you're reading, especially when you're preaching. So that's that was for me. Like I said, I'm not getting into any debates about it. But I think if you if you're interested in trying to get away from a lot of uh, false things that have been taught by, I think there was even a, a Bible that was put out, the Passion Bible. Like, come on, why would I want the Passion Bible? And uh, it, it's ridiculous. But the uh, the thing is, there's no copyright on the uh, King James Bible, and all the other Bible versions are copyrighted. So it was really about book sales. I think it's like how many Bible translations can we get, and how many Bibles can we sell? So anyway, I think if you do a comparison study too, if you put the Bible, the different versions together, which I did. I spent months doing this and comparing the versions, and you can see a lot of words were taken out in some of the Bible translations, and even some of them don't use the word virgin, and they don't say, and a virgin shall conceive, they say a young maid. Well, that's a big difference because there was a prophecy that it would be a virgin that would give birth to Jesus. So you can kind of see uh, how... It's subtle, some of the things, and it can really get you off course. I think, too, even like with the whole Genesis 6 thing with the Nephilim, and uh, I don't see it. And they use that word in some of the Bible translations, and so they say, well, yeah, there was angels that came down from heaven. And, of course, the Bible says there's no marriage in heaven, so do you know what that means? And uh, angels are spirits, and so spirits don't have uh, flesh and blood. They don't have uh, blood coursing through their veins. So you could see by people using different translations of the Bible that they've come up with these ridiculous doctrines, and then they write volumes about it, and... It's a distraction. It really, really is a distraction because the gospel is simple. We're not supposed to make it difficult. It's, it was simple enough for all of us to understand when we got saved. We got saved and Jesus came into our life by, by praying a simple prayer. And that, that's how I got saved. I had met an evangelist and his wife who invited me over for dinner, and I I had met, I was living in a very small town in Colorado, just a tiny, tiny town, and uh, there was a church two doors down from where I was living, and 
I went to that church once or twice, I think, at the invitation of these people that I had met. And so I had heard the gospel, but I didn't believe it. And then they, they invited me over for dinner to their house, this couple, married couple. And I went, and we were talking, and they told me I was messed up. And I'm like, oh, I messed up. You're messed up. How dare you tell me I messed up? I'm thinking this in my head. <laughs> but sometimes you have to tell people the truth. You just have to tell people you're you're messed up. Look, you're on drugs. You're committing adultery. You're you're fornicating. You're an alcoholic. Uh, you're a thief. You you just sometimes have to tell people if the time is right. And for me, the time was right, even though I was really angry at them for telling me I was messed up. Imagine inviting me to your house and then you insult me over dinner. <laughs> but aha, uh -huh, God had a plan and they had a plan because I was their target. And so uh, they were going to lead me to the Lord. So of course, as, it, as it, the uh, dinner progressed, we talked and they were sowing the seeds. So anyway, at this time, I was reading the Bible, but I, I was reading the Bible because I was trying to disprove it. I was, I was, I was going to say, nah, this Bible's not true, and I'm going to prove it's not true. So I was reading it, and it's a funny thing, really, how the, the Bible says that the word of God is the seed, and the seed, it gets into you, and then it bears fruit. So the word of God doesn't return void. So you might say, well, I've been witnessing to this person for about 100 years, and uh, they're still not saved. So, uh, but don't fret, because, and it's probably the case with a lot of my listeners, you, you had that word sown in your heart, and then eventually it bears fruit. So... Then one night, I got down on my knees in my room, and I, I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my life. I asked, I told him, I don't, I don't know if you're real, but if you're real, and you are who you say you are, then come into my life. I'm sorry for my sins, and be my Lord. Well, the next day, I woke up. I was a brand new person, so it, it, it was simple as far as that. And when I hear people saying, well, you can't lead people into a prayer and it's a simple prayer, and that's how I got saved. So that upsets me because I don't think that we should try to confuse people. I'm not responsible for the fact that maybe they didn't really repent or they didn't really mean it in their heart. I don't know that. But we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile lost sinners to Christ. And the Bible also says, go ye into all the world and preach. It doesn't make a distinction there with gender or uh, even when it says uh, we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. It doesn't make a distinction there to gender, which gender is allowed to do it. And so uh, you have to uh, extend an invitation, just like the people whose house I went to for dinner. They extended the invitation to me. They explained the gospel to me. Then it was up to me to make the decision. So I don't think we should make salvation difficult 
and say, well, you just can't have people come up to an altar and say a prayer. To me, that's, that, that sows confusion. I can't force anybody to pray. I can't just grab their hands and say, pray with me. You have to ask them if that's their decision. It has to be their decision. Sometimes I know people put people on the spot and they don't really ask the person if, if that's what they really want to do. They just say, repeat after me. And of course, you can't force anybody to pray and you don't know if they're ready sometimes because you're putting pressure on them. I don't believe in that. But I believe in extending an invitation for people to accept Christ. Sometimes people don't know. Uh, I have a friend of mine that's not born again, and and she said, well, I want to go to heaven and, and tell me about it. And So you have to be able to explain it to people in simple language what it means to be born again, because those of us that have been born again, we know it's real. We know that we pass from death unto life, and the scales were lift, uh, removed from our eyes, and there was no doubt about it. The next day, after I said that prayer that night, the next day, I was a brand new person, and I knew it, and I couldn't stop repenting. I was repenting for everything and crying and repenting, and that went on for a long time because sometimes people say, well, there's no repentance. It's hard for me to believe, and I, and I think most of my listeners can attest to this, that when you really get born again, you're sorry for everything. Nobody even has to tell you that you have to repent, although you should tell people. You know it. You know you were a wretch. You know that you did things that you wish you would have never done. And that if you had your life to live over, you would do a lot of things differently. And you hear people say, and this aggravates me when I hear people say this, they say, I wouldn't change a thing about my life. Well, I sure would change a lot of things about my life. I don't know. <laughs> like I wish I would have been born again like at five or seven as soon as I could understand. I wish I didn't have to go through all the things that I went through. I wish I could change things and go back and do it over again. Of course, you can't. You can't. And so a lot of us are left with those memories of the wretched life that we led before Christ. So any born-again person knows that they're forgiven and that God loves them and they realize the most the gift that has been given to us of salvation no you can't you can't buy it you can't, you can't buy that peace and that joy that you get and so even that next day my friends i had gone over to some friends house the next day and they were all screaming and jumping up and down and everything cuz i got saved and i was like wow what did i do these people are. and then when I went to church everybody was applauding and I was like wow what did I do <laughs> and so but I said I said the next day because they said what are you going to do I said I'm going to do something for the Lord okay that was 1981 nobody told me I couldn't do it nobody told me well you know that you're a woman so you can't do it I said I am going to do something for God because he has done something for me 
and I want to do something for the Lord. So that was how I thought from the beginning, and uh, that's how I how I feel right to this day. I want to do something for the Lord. As long as he, he wants me to do it, I'll do it. But if he tells me to stop doing what I'm doing, then I will. I will. So for now, we're here. And uh, we're, we're going to do this broadcast. We, we just don't know the days that we're living in. We don't know uh, how much longer we're going to have the freedoms that we have for free speech and what's going to be considered hate speech. And I really think those days are coming. I think that the pandemic that we went through and maybe maybe people disagree with me, but this is this is how I see it. We went through that pandemic and they closed down the churches because of the coronavirus, which was deadly. It was deadly. The friends of mine died and suffered, and some of my friends are still suffering from the after effects of this virus. So yes, it was very real. It was devastating. The uh, churches were closed down, although some people insisted on keeping their doors open. Well, I have my own views because I, I think that these pandemics, and we're, we'll, we'll have another one. I believe we will have another one. That'll be even more deadly. And you won't be able to congregate. You won't be able to congregate. And that's why in this day and age, more than ever, the body of Christ must come to know God for themselves and have that relationship with God, have a knowledge of his word so that you'll be able to stand in this evil day. And you can't put your whole faith and trust in the pastor that you're Everybody's happy now because they can go back to the building and they can sing and they can fellowship, which is great. But there's a day coming when you're not going to be able to do that again. And so then what will you do? You can't fall into a deep depression and, and uh, give up on life because we're all responsible for getting to know God for ourselves and uh, pastors of churches are responsible. Yes, they, they're responsible for teaching people the word of God, but ultimately their responsibility is to teach the people to get to know the word of God for themselves because they can't always be there. There might not be a day. There might be a day when we won't be able to broadcast on the internet. So there might definitely be a shortage of of uh, teachers out there that you could listen to. We don't know what they're going to do because it, it's a funny time. It's a funny time we're living in where I never saw so much propaganda on the news and uh, I, I never saw it like this. And I'm not alone. You can You hear it from all sides. People saying the same thing. I never saw anything like this. I never saw so much propaganda and trying to hide the truth from people 
and that it's only going to be what uh, the government tells you to believe. They're going to tell you what the truth is, and you can't stray from that truth. And I noticed that I had a, a video. Now, this is the second time this happened on YouTube. I had a video, and I, I had said something about the vaccines, which, of course, I think even Pfizer came out and admitted, or the FDA admitted that there was a problem with the vaccine side effects. So if they said it, but you can't say it on YouTube. You can't say that there was any problem with any of these vaccines causing any kind of side effects. So they remove one of my videos. This is the second time it happened. And then they say, we're punishing you for a week or two. You can't put up any more videos. And if you do this again, your channel will be terminated. So you have to be so careful what you're going to say because you just don't know what they're going to deem to be hate speech or what they're going to deem as uh, language that's permissible. Even one of the NFL coaches, Jack Del Rio, he made a statement about January 6th. And uh, no, and I don't agree with these hearings that they're having. No, I, I mean, I have my issues with Trump, but I don't agree with that dog and pony show. That's for sure. But, uh, Anyway, Jack Del Rio, who was an NFL coach for many years, and now I think he's a defensive coach or something like that for the Redskins. Well, they're no longer the Redskins. Sorry, uh, Washington something. <laughs> anyway, the Washington team, because they just changed the name again. So he made a statement about January 6th, and then he compared it to the riots where they were burning down cities and whatever. So they, they the NFL uh, fined him $100,000 because they said, you can't say that. You can't say that. Oh, okay. You can't say that. So we're, we're in some very strange times. And I want to encourage my listeners to get to know God for yourself. Don't depend on Sunday morning for the only time that you're going to open your Bible and you're, you're going to get to know God. And then you're going to follow somebody else's sermon. Because anybody could be wrong. There, <laughs> I hear things all the time and I hear, I, from friends and people that I know. I don't agree with 100%. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe they're wrong, but we'll find out because we're all learning. None, none of us have 100% say, oh, yeah, I 100% understand everything that's in the Bible, and I know everything, so don't teach me anything. We have to be teachable. It doesn't matter who it is because we don't know everything, and we learn from each other. I've learned things from my friends, and... Just like when I was coming out of Word of Faith, I had a friend of mine that handed me the book by uh, D.R. McConnell, A Different Gospel. I had it in my drawer for months. I, didn't, I wouldn't read it because I said, I'm not reading this. It goes against everything I believe. And I, I picked it up one day, and I read it, and I said, well, this is not a bad book. And, and then 
I'm curious anyway, so I like to research things. And I went and I researched his footnotes to uh, see if what he was saying was true. And I found out, yeah, he's, he's saying what he's saying is true about Word of Faith and about Hagen and Oral Roberts. And so I had to accept it. And it was even the... Uh, the book by Dave Hunt, Seduction of Christianity. Everybody was telling us back, when did it come out? In the 80s? I think it came out in the late 80s. I can't remember exactly when that book came out, but somebody had given me a copy of that, and I wouldn't read it. No, I'm not reading that book. I didn't throw it away. I kept it. But <laughs> And everybody was saying, don't read that book, Kenneth Copeland and and all the big word of faith teachers were saying, don't read that book, it's hateful. And so, uh, but one day I said, well, let me read this book. So I read it, and it wasn't hateful. There was nothing hateful in there. And then again, I look at the footnotes, I do the research, and I say, well, he's, he's telling the truth. This, is, this book is true. And so I had to look at, at all those things that I had learned and to, and then repent to the Lord and say, oh, am I ever sorry because I have made some big mistakes with my doctrine. I had to admit that I was wrong in some of the things that I had believed and some of the things that I had taught. I didn't do the seed faith scamming. I never did that, no. I didn't tell people if they gave me a hundred dollars they were gonna get a thousand or I didn't sell trinkets as far as for twenty-five dollars I will give you this holy anointing oil or this bottle of water. Just drink this bottle of water and you and you see what God will do. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was watching last night W V Grant. And even though he went to prison, he went to prison for tax fraud or tax evasion or whatever, that that didn't save him. And then he has a church in Texas, I think in Dallas, and he was caught after he he's preached a sermon, he went to his office and he called his girlfriend and, and somehow it was being recorded and he was saying these horrible things to his girlfriend about his wife and and uh, talking nasty to his girlfriend. And the, ta- the, the uh, audio leaked out. Do you think he changed? No, he's back on television last night selling, uh, send in an offering and I will send you this vial of anointing oil and you can put it on your checkbook or whatever. And, and, and I have this vial of water that you can drink. Some of these people never learn. They never learn. And so, even if you, and and, uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about Charisma Magazine and some of the things that they've supported, but there is a big incidence of sexual immorality in the pulpits today. And so the way I look at it is this, that these men, and it's mostly men, have gone power hungry. 
they get a position of leadership to become a pastor. They start collecting 10% of people's money, which they feel like they're entitled to, which they're not. Because tithing was never money. And if you can prove it was money, then email me, susan at propheticnews.com. If you can prove it, uh, and we'll talk. You're welcome to come on here, and we'll have a debate. If you want to debate the whole tithing thing, I will set it up with Ron Roby and myself, and we will have a debate, seriously, if you want to debate whether tithing was money and the pastor's entitled to 10%, then email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com, and we'll set it up. We, we'll, we can talk and discuss it. But what happens is then when you give a, a person too much power and then people start worshiping the pastor... And that's another thing pastors do, which they, and ministers. And I noticed it when I was in traveling ministry, and I, of course you're on a stage for, um, in most of the places, and people look up to you. And I used to lay hands on the sick and have healing lines and that kind of thing. And then people were, they, they wanted me to lay my hands on them. Like I had some kind of power. Well, that, that scared me. That scared me. And I. that was one of the reasons I took myself out of public ministry because I didn't want people looking at me like I had anything because I had nothing. I, I couldn't even heal myself. And so I believe in laying hands on the sick, yeah, because the Bible tells you to do that. But there's no person that's the healer. The, the anointing comes from Jesus. There's no person that has some kind of a special... Uh, gift where it has to be their hands of course the Lord's given us the uh, gifts of healing but he's the healer it's not Benny Hinn or it wasn't Kenneth Hagin's hands or Oral Roberts hands or no it's Jesus and anybody that's ever been sick in their life realizes that no if Jesus doesn't heal me I'm not getting healed I don't care how many hands are laid on you. So what happens then is the, the uh, it's a flawed system. The, the way the church system has been set up in the past is a flawed system. And it, it makes monsters out of people because they get too much power. They have people worshiping them. As soon as people start worshiping you and... You have to stop it because if you don't stop it, then you're going to wind up like a lot of these people wind up on the gospel junk heap. And they fall into drugs. They fall, they get, they have to take alcohol. They have to, they go and commit adultery. They start taking advantage of the women in the church. They realize that especially the women are vulnerable if they're going through a divorce or if they're having trouble with their parents, if they're young and they're still living at home, and they know that these women are going to come to them for counseling, and then they start taking advantage of the women in their church because, after all, they get this, like, God complex. So, and you're seeing it more and more. You can read any of the... Any of the uh, news blogs that are out there and you see these you see these sexual crimes being committed 
by the pastors because the pastor's been given too much power and he's, he can't stop himself for some reason. They don't stop themselves when they see that it's dangerous. That's the thing is you have to look at yourself like this. I am flawed and I have a Bible. I can read the Bible to people. They can read the Bible too. So that doesn't make them any more special than me. And when, when the danger signals are there for a lot of the, the uh, pastors, immediately they have to realize the danger signals and stop it before it goes too far. There is a epidemic of adultery in the pulpits today. And there, there was just a, I never heard of this guy, Bruxy Cavey from Canada, and probably my Canadian listeners would know this. He had a mega church. I think he had a few. Now they call them campuses, which I don't know why they call them campuses all of a sudden. Thank God they arrested him. He was sexually assaulting the uh, women in his church. Well, he confessed, okay, so it's not just an allegation, but it says nearly three months after he confessed to sexual misconduct and resigned as the primary teaching pastors of one of Canada's largest megachurches, police arrested and charged Bruxy Cavey with sexual assault and said there could be more victims. Police in Hamilton, Ontario, announced in a statement Monday that they arrested the 57-year-old on May 31st after an investigation into reports of a sexual assault that occurred while he served as primary teaching pastor of the Meeting House from 1996 to 2021. The church is headquartered in Oakville and has multiple campuses in the greater Toronto area. Hamilton police believe that there may be more victims and encourage anyone with information to come forward. And they need to come forward. They need to come forward. I've seen this kind of thing happen. I, I was in a church. I wasn't there at the time that this happened, but I had, ten, I had attended this church at one time. And then there was a story that came out in the newspaper where the head of this organization was accused of, of molesting a 11-year-old girl for three years. And... He was already, I think, 80 when this happened, or in his late 70s. And so he was never arrested, but the girl's family sued in civil court, and he, they paid this girl off. Well, if you're innocent, why do you pay somebody off? If, if you're a leader of a church and a pastor of a church and somebody's accusing you of sexual assault, why do you pay somebody off? So he, he, things went right back to normal after they, they had this payoff. And that happens. That happens. But no, if, if, there's, if there's a man or a woman in a pulpit in the church that you go to and they start sexually assaulting the women in the church, then throw the bum out. 
and don't let him back in. And these people should be arrested because there is no reason why a woman, especially a woman, and it does happen to men too, that a woman uh, would go to church and trust her pastor and then the pastor sexually assault her. No. Lock them up, throw away the key, and don't ever let them darken a church door again as far as any kind of leadership position. They do not belong in leadership, and they cannot be trusted because usually they'll do it again. There was a pastor that we had uh, talked about a few weeks ago where he was molesting, started molesting a girl in the church at 16 and molested her for years. And finally, I don't know if he, if he got caught or she came forward, but then he confessed his sin and then they were all hugging him and, no, no, throw the bum out. No. I know we can forgive them and God will forgive them, but they do not belong in leadership. Once they cross the line with taking advantage of the women in their church, throw the bum out and he's not going to be a pastor anymore. It's evil. It's, it's wicked and it's evil. But you'll see organizations like for instance, Charisma Magazine will uh, promote these people, some of these people, even some of these people may, again, appear on a cover of Charisma, of Charisma Magazine. We have to have certain standards in the church, and we can't back down. And we had talked uh, about this... Um, tissue research that had gone on during the Trump administration, I wanted to just correct something where that's concerned. During the Trump administration, there were, there was uh, tissue being used as far as the uh, National Institutes of Health were uh, granting, giving grants to universities to use the tissue from aborted babies in research. And there was the one, one research project which totally slayed me was the project where they used the scalps from aborted babies and put these scalps on mice. This went on during the Trump administration. So... I questioned the whole pro-life thing as far as Trump was concerned, but this is a story from June 2019. The Trump administration restricts federal research involving human fetal tissue. They did put new restrictions in place for the use of human fetal tissue 
federal scientists working at the National Institute of Health will be prohibited from obtaining new tissue samples from elected abortions for ongoing research projects at the National Institutes of Health. But it does it didn't restrict private funding. Research at universities and work that is privately fun, funded will be allowed to continue. Also, they uh, the NIH National Institutes of Health grants to universities aren't affected. Researchers who want to renew their projects or apply for new grants involving, they call it fetal tissue, but it's aborted baby tissue, will have to undergo a review by an ethics advisory board. So an ethics advisory board. So they didn't totally ban it as far as they were still allowing these exceptions and they were still allowing them to go before an ethics committee. Like, why do you have to go before an ethics committee? There's no ethics involved in using the tissue for murdered children. And I, and I make this analogy, and I, I think that, of course, Christians have an important role as far as a, a voting block. We're a big voting block. And there shouldn't be any reason why, if there's a candidate running and they want our vote, that they have to, they have to say that they will totally ban the sale and the use of these baby parts. Otherwise, they're not getting our vote. We don't want to hear about your pro-life stance, this pro-life stance, this pro-life stance, and then you're going to allow the sale and the use of this tissue in this country. Remember, in Nazi Germany, and people turned a blind eye to that, that people say, well, Susan, why is this such a big issue? It is a big issue because history repeats itself. During World War II, when, when, uh, when uh, Hitler was murdering the Jews, they were taking their hair and their skin and, and they were, doing, they were uh, making lampshades and they were using the hair and, and different body parts after these people were murdered. We cannot as a country, and especially as a, 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 the church is the Christian nation within this nation, we cannot vote for people that are going to allow these atrocities to continue. So that turned me when, when uh, okay, I could see that Trump made some effort, but the use of this, this, uh, Tissue was still allowed to be bought and sold and traded like a commodity on the open market. And the body of Christ just can't allow this. We can't allow it in good conscience. So they can have all these rah-rah rallies all they want. And, uh, and this is God's man and, and this is our man. Well, God's man is not going to deal in this kind of thing and not... And God's man is not going to allow this kind of thing to go on. 
And so that's it. You want our vote? Then you stop the sale of these body parts totally. There's no reason for it. There's no need to do it. And so that's why we have to take a stand. We could say, well, look at the way things are today and look how bad things are because we've got this government now and, and uh, we had it so good under Trump. And it's like the children of Israel said when they were coming out of Egypt, we want to go back because we had it better back there. This is too hard. This is what God gave us for now. This is what God gave us because God could have allowed Trump to get back in, but he didn't. There was too many, he, there was too many compromises that he made. And so uh, people say, well, things are so bad. Yeah, things are bad. Things are bad, but they're going to get worse than this. They're going to get worse than this. Let's listen to uh, Revelation chapter 6. When the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. 
and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Amen. Who shall be able to stand? So... What's going to happen when we have to work all day to buy a loaf of bread? That's coming. That's coming. We might not be here to see it, but that's coming. So we have to be ready. No matter what happens, we have to be ready. We have to depend on God to meet our needs. We see everything, everything is doubling in price, just about. As soon as you think you're getting ahead, then, then the taxes go up, your, your food prices go up, your gas prices are doubling, your uh, electric bill is higher, or your house insurance is higher. We are in some troubling times. We are in some troubling times. And we, and, uh, as Christians, we have to know the truth. We have to be able to stand up for the truth, no matter what. We don't know what's coming our way. In the meantime, though, we can still have joy. We can still have peace. In the midst of a storm, we can. But we have so much compromise. We look at, the other day when I was looking at Charisma Magazine, and I had heard about this woman, probably most of you haven't, because she's really not that well known. But I had seen some videos about her on the internet and realized that she had false teachings and she was practically worshipping this Gior Davy. I think he's from Tanzania, and she was bowing down to him and putting money at his feet and calling him daddy and saying he was Jesus. I'm going to play the audio for you in a minute. But anyway, I look at Charisma Magazine, which I do now and again to see what kind of headlines they're putting out, and I see, I see this woman, a headline for her. They're endorsing her. Catherine Crick is her name, K-R-I-C-K, and she has a church in Los Angeles, and it says, Catherine Crick's hunger for revival reveals divine anointing. Now here, this is the woman that I had seen on these videos bowing down to this guy in Tanzania and putting money at his feet and calling him daddy and saying they have, they're going to get to know the real Jesus when they get to know him, and then she's uh, sowing collecting seed faith gifts, and uh, I see her telling a woman that has been going to a psychic for years that the, the lady says, I've been paying this psychic hundreds of dollars, probably thousands, to heal my son and to no avail. And, and uh, Catherine Crick tells her, well, now you can start sowing seeds here. I'm going to play the audio. So this is the person that, Charisma Magazine says is hungry. She says, if you're hungry for more of God and want to live in revival, chances are you have recently heard of Catherine Crick. 
Her ministry, Revival Is Now, has emerged through social media by showcasing healings, miracles, and deliverances. She recently shared keys to the anointing on her life that can equip you to do what Jesus did. Crick was hungry for more of God and attended a house church where she saw people praying in the spirit and worshiping as she'd never seen before, sensing the presence of God. She knew she had found a home in what she was seeking. She watched people receive prayer, healing, and the love of God. Within a month, she was baptized with the Holy Spirit. After receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I surrendered completely to him. I gave him everything, my dreams, my plans. I've never been the same. God called her to preach the gospel to the nations and start a church. She started the Fivefold Church in Los Angeles, ministering every week. They were faithful to share his love to small groups. However, when churches locked down in 2020, her fellowship was unable to meet in a physical space. God told her to start a church outside. Yeah, God told her. Yeah, God told her. God didn't tell her. No, God didn't tell her. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this article was written by Jared and Rochelle Aska. I'm like, uh, who's doing the quality control over there, Charisma Magazine? These people do not research anybody. I don't think they research anybody that they put up here. Now, Charisma Magazine has a very large circulation. They reach a lot of people. And they're recommending this lady. Yeah, they're recommending this lady, yeah. Recommending her. Anyway, here, here she is. Uh, this is Catherine Crick and this guy that she worships, this Gior Davy. Do what you please to make this anointing known. This is another gift to make this anointing known. Receive this anointing now. This is different. Baba, we'd like to plant a seed at your feet. Baba, we want to be used to reach all of the people of Los Angeles to bring them to you. There's so many people hurting in LA. There's so many people hurting and across America. And we want God to use us to reach them and to bring them to you so that they may be healed and delivered and be directed into God's will for their life and for that so that they may receive what we have received. We don't want to keep this to ourselves. We want to share this with the world. 
And all of this joy that you see in all of us and this transformation. It is only because of you, Baba. We would be nothing without you. We know and recognize that you hold the keys for America and only you. We want, as John the Baptist declared, there's someone greater than me coming. We want to be used in that apostolic way. We want God to have people's eyes be open to the words we're speaking. That they may hear and come to this conference and to this ministry and receive you, receive the real Jesus, and receive from the real Jesus through you. Glory to God. We give ourselves, we lay down ourselves, we surrender and submit to you. That God would use us to serve you and to help fulfill your vision. We plant this seed at your feet, Daddy, for God to have our way with us to serve you. We want the world to know you. We want you to be famous. So that the real Jesus, who is full of love and power, may be known. They will not know the real Jesus unless they know you. He's choosing to use you for the world to see him and to know him. Asante sana, Baba. We love you so much. Asante sana for being our father. We love you. Asante sana. Asante sana. Yeah, that's Catherine Crick, recommended by Charisma Magazine a few weeks ago, bowing down to her idol, Gior Davy the so-called prophet from Tanzania. That was her talking to him, saying those things to him. Yeah, that was her. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a sad state here. That Charisma, if you're listening, you need to repent and tell people, these many people that you have been promoting over the years, dangerous people, heretics, liars, cheaters, and leading God's people astray by doing it. I was shocked when I saw this, this woman with the headline there in charisma, I couldn't believe it. It's like I'm 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 just somebody at home looking at my computer, and, and I found this information about her. And you mean to tell me when you post an article in your magazine, you don't check the person out to see who they are? 
this woman's leading people astray. No. No, they don't seem to care. No. There she is again, Catherine Crick. And we can we have a an offering box here. Are there two? There's two. One for Steve. Okay. Right now it's just all. Okay, so if we can make. So this one here is for the offering right here. So you can get these envelopes if you like. You don't have to use the envelopes, but you can just come anytime. And this one will be for offering right here. This one right here, I want to reserve here. If God's putting on your heart to sow a special seed for deliverance. As we saw that Maria, Maria came with a seed, God bless you. Maria came with a seed, prepared with a seed. Because she was open to God. God oh, speaking to her, I want you to sow a seed for your freedom because this is a key for your deliverance. So if that's you, if that's you and God is directing you to sow a seed for deliverance, you can sow one that's the, the basket to the right there. And if you can write on the envelope, this is for deliverance. <laughs> And be open to God as he, he, he will ask you, he may ask you to continue sowing, to continue sowing, to see that complete breakthrough. So, so when, you're, when you're bringing, for example, your, your money has supernatural power, your seed, where the devil is rebuked. But that's not just for your finances. We need to rebuke the devourer or we need to rebuke the demons that want to come back with our seed. So sow a special seed for your deliverance today where, where the devil will look and he sees, I can't come. Yeah. Yeah, that's Catherine Crick telling people that they have to give money to get miracles from God because God rebukes the devourer, which that scripture there, the devourer were the insects that were eating the crops, if you really read Malachi in context. <laughs> oh, this is the person that... Charisma is recommending. Here, here she is again. What happens is the more that we entangle ourselves with, with witchcraft and psychics and things like that, it's like a more complex deliverance. So sometimes it's not just about the commanding the demons, but there's other keys that need to be unlocked. And one of them is to sow seeds. Did you pay money to the psychic? Yes. Yes. How much? Who knows? Hundreds. Ongoing for years. Because I didn't know, but I've been following you for six years. So it's ongoing for years. So in the spiritual realm, there's laws. I've been, I've been selling 10% of everything that comes through my hands for the last two years. 10%. God's saying more. Okay. Because 10% is with what's, with, what's God's. So now we need to sow specifically for his deliverance. And speak, this is for his deliverance. And... And a good amount, if there's a good amount given to psychics, it needs to be a good amount. Because that's the key that needs to unlock his complete freedom. And it needs to be where his power is. Like Fivefold Church, for example, you can sow here. It, it doesn't have to be here, just where the power of God is. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, I release this anointing to you to walk in the power of God. And I declare with your seeds every key to be unlocked and complete deliverance to him in Jesus' name. We'll let you know in a moment when the cards are going to be in the front. We'll hold them up. But put your name in your email and just check that you receive deliverance today. We'll, we'll reach out to you. And also, I want to invite all of you who have been delivered today to sow a seed. To sow a seed to thank God for your deliverance. But also, 
to access that anointing of protection upon you. Because the Bible says that with every new, every covenant, there's a sacrifice. It says in Psalms, it says this. So God made a new covenant of freedom with you today. Amen? So yeah. I, I don't know where they get this stuff from, but all these people that do this kind of thing, they, they all do the same thing. Now, she wants these people. Deliverance is free for the asking. You ask God to do things for you, and he does it. You don't. Nobody. <laughs> if anybody wants to argue with you about it, about this whole seed sowing thing to get things from God, just ask them. Give me one example where Jesus, now Jesus himself, the author and finisher of our faith, the word of God, who was the word, who walked the earth. Did Jesus ever, ever ask people to give money to get anything from him when he walked the earth? Did he ever? No. He never did. Never. He never said, you have to sow a seed now first before I do anything for you, before I lay hands on you, uh, before I do anything for you, show me the money. Because when you show me the money, I will realize that you are sincere about this deliverance. And 10%, and it's got to be at least 10% of your money or maybe more to get me to do anything for you. Unless you show me the money, I'm not doing anything. That's what these people want you to believe. And you see these poor people in this video. You see these poor people going up there. And oh, some of them are crying and they're going up there with their offerings. And they want deliverance. They want God so bad. How can anybody, how can any pastor of a church look at these hurting people and take their money? without telling them that what you need from God is free and it's free for the asking. Don't look to me to get it for you. You get it from God for yourself. I will pray with you and I will agree with you, but you get it from God for yourself through faith in God and trusting God. You don't have to give me any money if they were honest. And then to insinuate that Jesus the Holy One, our Holy Precious Lord, would, would behave in such a despicable manner. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. To sow a special seed if you've been delivered today. We have to be serious in the spiritual realm about maintaining our freedom. And there's so much power to our seeds. And so really, like the devil sees your seed. Catherine like Rick. there's different seeds that have different purposes. When you sow seeds, it, 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 it rebukes the devourer, the Bible says. It says this, when you bring the tithe in the storehouse, the, the, the devourer is rebuked. So, so when, you're, when you're bringing, for example, your, your money has supernatural power, your seed, where the devil is rebuked. But that's not just for your finances. We need to rebuke the devourer. We need to rebuke the demons that want to come back with our seed. So some a special seed for your deliverance today where, where the devil will look and he sees, I can't come here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to sow a seed, if you've been delivered today, a special seed for your deliverance to seal it, you can go to 5 slash give. 
And for you watching online, that's how you can give. Link is in the bio, 5 give. If you prefer to give in person, there's QR codes and stuff on the envelopes. You can, there's envelopes there. If you want to make a check, you can make the check out to 5F Church, the number 5F, 5F Church. And then like a handful of other countries, but a lot of countries doesn't worth your push pay, so you can give through PayPal. And if you don't have a PayPal, it's easy to just make an account. I believe you can make a PayPal account anywhere in the world. Um, so those are the ways that you can give. And I encourage you to sow a seed. This is a spiritual principle that what you sow, you will reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. When you sow where the power of God is moving, you are reaping more of that anointing in your life. God has different ways that he releases the anointing. He releases the anointing through the word, through just being where his presence is. But there's more anointing that God wants to release to you. And that comes through a seed. And, and sowing a seed is a key for many things in your life. For many different things, that's a key. For all of you, it's the key for financial breakthrough. For some of you, it's it, for all of you, it's a key for certain needs. There will be a time when God wants you to sow a seed for a specific need. It's like saying, okay, this need that I have, I'm putting it in the ground and I know it's going to come up and, and sprout. Whatever I sow, I must reap. I have this need and I'm sowing here so the power of God can come upon this need and I will see God's power upon this need. That's the action of it. So there will be times in your life, There's when, whenever I have a need, I, I, I sow a seed. Yeah. I sow a seed. I know these oh. spiritual principles. Um, and some, for some of you, the need, uh, the, it's a she key for deliverance. Yeah. For some of you, that might be a key. There are different, as I explained earlier, there are different keys to unlock. Yeah, you just have to get the keys. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Charisma Magazine's Woman of the Year. Dear God, help us, please, Lord. How long, oh Lord, how long? Let me tell you something. There's more of them than there are of us. When the Lord was talking about a remnant, he made it. He, he, he said it, and the remnant is small. The remnant is very small. You, you see people compromise when it gets tough. Well, they want to be in full-time ministry. So they start compromising a little bit at a time, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And before you know it, you miss out with God. What's more important, having a full-time ministry or having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> yeah. If your ministry doesn't support you, then get a job doing something else. But don't turn into a con artist and start taking advantage of God's people. People are hurting right now, especially now. People are hurting and they're looking for answers. We have the answer. But then you can't take those people and then take advantage of them financially for your own gain. You have to draw the line somewhere. I want to see it stop. I want. I don't think it's. I really don't think it's ever going to stop. But because it's been going on for so many years and it's been very lucrative. But if I if I can see people really standing up for the truth, and if you're going to a church where your pastor does these kind of things, then have a talk with them and explain to them 
what you disagree with. And if they, they shun you and they badmouth you, which they do at some churches, is they make you the enemy, leave. Don't stay there. And tell people why. We have to be people of integrity. And we don't preach the gospel for filthy lucre's sake. We preach the gospel because we care about people. We care about their eternal security, their, their uh, home in heaven. We care about the things that are important to them which is providing for their families. That, those things are important to people, especially people that are married with children. So how do we teach people how to provide for their families in the, in the days that we're living in and when we see all this, these financial problems that are going on? Teach people how to trust God. And to be, and to work, because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. This, these are strange days, strange days. Here's, an, here's another, uh, Charisma Magazine supporting uh, Bethel Church. Now here's something that a lady from Bethel Church said. Hi guys, it's me, Lindy Ann, here from the Healing Rooms in Redding, California. Bethel Church, it's just emptied out. This place was packed with people coming to seek God for their miracle. And so many wonderful testimonies and miracles manifested. And um, just as I'm leaving, uh, someone comes up to me with an anonymous donation or a gift from someone. That I, I mean, I don't know who's secret Santa, right? And they gave me this. Whoa. And actually, earlier, I was looking at this because if you've ever seen the beautiful witness Christ, there's a diamond at the bottom. And it reminded me of when Jesus walked into my room. It reminded me of when Jesus walked into my room. It reminded me of when Jesus walked into my room. It reminded me of when Jesus walked into my room with a ring in his hand. And he said, Lindy Ann, will you marry me? And I just wanted to bless you guys. Look at this. That's uh, Lindy Ann from Bethel, another uh, Charisma Magazine person that uh, they promote where Jesus walked into her room with a ring and asked her to marry him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to do a program one week on the, the false testimonies. Over the years, remember, there was, there's been so many false testimonies of people that have been delivered from witchcraft and from uh, the Illuminati. And, uh, and then there's, uh, of course, our, one of our favorite ladies of the false testimony is Kat Kerr. She's got some wild testimonies about heaven and about Jesus appearing to her. But remember, years ago, there was... Uh, this lady, Rebecca Brown, and she wrote this book. He came to set the captives free, and she claimed she was married to Satan. 
but it, w- it was Jack Chick who brought some of these people to the public's attention. But of course, I liked a lot of the things Jack Chick did as far as his tracks were are unbelievable. But he did retract some of these stories later on when the, when it came out that some of these people were frauds. But the testimonies are interesting. And then, uh, then we had the people that they had the stigmatas, and uh, there was a lady named Lucy Ryle. She, she even was at Rod Parsley's church. And feathers would fall down from heaven and gold dust, and her hands would bleed. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's all kinds of magicians out there and uh, people that have – it's a stage show. It's a stage show. I, I had a friend of mine say to me one time, well – there was gold dust coming out of the ceiling because I was trying to tell them that this person was a false teacher. It was gold dust. So what? What does that prove? Doesn't prove anything. Anyway, they were putting, they found out, somebody said that they were putting this glitter inside the air conditioning unit and then it was coming out of the vents Some in one place where they found out about this gold dust like, where is there in the Bible where there was gold dust coming out of the ceiling in church buildings? And that's supposed to be a sign that this person is of God. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we've got, a, <laughs> we've got a long way to go. But it's like the more, <laughs> the more fantastic the story is, <laughs> the more people want to believe it. Everybody was was running around, especially when I was in the Word of Faith movement. We were always running around looking for the next big thing, the next big event that was going on. The ne- We were chasing after signs and wonders. We were always chasing after signs and wonders. And if there was a sign and a wonder somewhere, we had to go there. If there was a conference somewhere where these things were happening, we had to go there and participate. I'm glad those days are over for me. I really am. I'm glad those days are over because I have entered into his rest, truly. And it's a great place to be. So that's my prayer for you, is to enter into his rest. So the most important thing today is, of course, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ do you have a personal relationship with him? You say, well, I know about God, and, well, Susan, I'm a good person. But the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. There's not one person that's good enough because we've all sinned. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said in the third chapter of John that you must be born again. First you're born of your mother, then you must be born again of the spirit of God. And that comes by confessing your sins and believing that Jesus is who he says he is. And he'll prove that to you too. He'll prove it. And you will get a brand new life. You, you'll still go through things in life. I can't guarantee you that everything will be perfect because it won't. As long as we're in this world, Jesus said you will have tribulation. But you will have a rock to stand on. You will have a friend that will stick closer than a brother. You will have a savior who can save you from any situation. He gives you hope. He gives you everything you need to get through this life. And you can't buy these things. No, money can't buy these things. No matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have, you can't buy this free gift of salvation. Whatever God has for you is free for the asking. You don't have to give anybody any money to get things from God. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. And those things are available for you today. So don't forget, if you want to email me, you can email me, susan at propheticnews.com. And we have our books on Amazon. If you go to Amazon under my name, Susan Puzio, the Paula White, President Trump's pastor book is there, and the Seed Faith book is there. And we're also heard on Spreaker. We'll be... Uh, transitioning we'll still be on blog talk radio but we'll be transitioning over to spreaker in the next few weeks that'll be our main source for this broadcast but i want to thank everybody for tuning in especially our listeners in canada australia south africa great britain and of course the united states thank you everybody for listening and uh, for being a part of this broadcast. God bless you all.
Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be.